0: Unshaken is a discipleship podcast that exists to edify and encourage all believers in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the Apostle Paul writes, Be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. By His divine power, Jesus has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So let's consider together how we might spur one another on towards love good works. Join us as we talk about various topics including the work of the ministry, the many joys and challenges of the Christian life, and the Holy Spirit whom Jesus promised would guide us into all truth. We continue today in Walter Chantry's book, The Shadow of the Cross, picking up in chapter 2 entitled, Take Up Your Cross.
1: Today we, we have a really um, challenging topic to talk about uh, about the cross probably you know one of the topics given in the new testament that's really misunderstood or really not shared in such a manner and way to share to understand the the relevance of why this is such an important aspect of what we are, are supposed to be doing um, every day and so perfectly our radio listening audience will get a lot out of the the uh, time that we spend in this chapter, chapter 2 on the cross, and hopefully we'll cause, can bring some clarity, as uh, Walter Chancery really does in this chapter, discussing the, the importance of the cross in the daily life of, of the believer.
0: Yeah, yeah, he starts chapter 2 with uh, some scripture from Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. This is Jesus speaking, and says, He said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it.
1: In the very opening, you know, when I was reading this chapter, the very beginning of this chapter, he writes, Only one entrance may be found to the kingdom of God. There is a narrow gate set at the head of the path of life. Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be. That find it and, and when you think about that you know and and how our country quote unquote you know close to 87 percent profess to know God but do they really know you know what this means it's kind of like Christ looked ahead 2,000 years into the future and I just find the, the perspective where he says straight as the gate narrows the way that leads to life but then he says and few there and few there be that find it and if you think about that's that's a really profound statement he makes there you
0: mm-hmm. know what i'm saying mm-hmm. if you read that like wow and he's talking about here you know what exactly it it is to follow him the cost yeah. of following after christ a lot of people think that they're following after god mm-hmm. And that they know him mm-hmm. when in actuality they don't and i think the the key word you said
1: is is the cost yeah there is a cost i mean yeah jesus paid the ultimate cost. you know mm-hmm. he took our sins to the Amen. cross and he died in our place that's the ultimate cost. but there is something we still have to do as paul said work out your own salvation with fear and Or in other words invest in what god has done for you already on the cross mm-hmm. it's not just hey i'm saved i can do what i want right. i can think the way i want to think i can live the way i want to live because grace covers me no there's a price to pay, like you said, the cost, and the cost is taken up across daily, as as Luke says there, in chapter 19, these verses.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about a couple of weeks ago, just how selfish we are by mm-hmm. nature. You know, we're always looking out for our own best interest, mm-hmm. and that that happens on its own. We don't yep. have to work at that. Yep. That is naturally ingrained in us because of sin. Yep. And and our our hearts are inclined to be. Self-serving, yep. all about uh, what's what's best for me and what do I want, and and then when you get into this, people will take it a step further and then use Christ and what He accomplished for us on the cross as a means to now what what more can can He give to me? What more does He have to <laughs> offer me? Yeah, and it's you know He He's trying to get at something else here, and it's it's quite the opposite, yeah. right? I mean, the the point of the matter is, it's
1: not what we can do for God, it's what He's already done for us. Yeah. I mean, He's done everything for us, but there's still something that we have to invest in so that our life is an imprint, our life becomes a template of what God looks like to a a, a Christ-rejecting world and to a world that is in need. And they see that through how we live our lives, and the way that we're only going to be able to be in a reflection and a template of God is what Jesus says here, is taking up our cross daily so we can die to self, because self is ugly. I mean, you you know as well as I do how much it gets in the way of anything and everything that God would want us to do. I mean, you read Proverbs. He talks about, you know, pride is something that is ugly, and pride is is self. I mean, you know, that's something that's, like you said, we don't have to be taught how to be prideful and how to be Mm self-servient. That's just ingrained in us as sinners, you know what I'm saying? From the time that we come into this world until the time we die, it's an area within our lives that we have to struggle with. All the time just like i'm teaching on sunday on diatrophies what was his problem he wanted first place in everything hmm. he wanted the preeminence well preeminence is, is pride and that's something that we have to learn t- to understand how we have to keep that thing dead within our lives as born again believers and it's not an easy thing to do right you know right. and it's not like he says here in in the middle paragraph of just on page 19 where he writes, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Six times in the Gospels, our great prophet refers to his followers taking up a cross. It was one of his favorite illustrations of self-denial. And you have to realize why did Jesus say that? Because he understood how much self gets in the way. You yeah. know what I mean? I oh, mean, yeah. It's, yeah. So six times he talks about it. Well, there's a me- reason why that he would mention it that often, and that has to do with the fact that we know how often and on many cases that are we get in the way of what God wants us to do
0: yeah and it's it's good to educate ourselves on on what the cross is yeah. what the cross symbolizes yeah. he says at the bottom of page 19 cross is a word that first brings to our minds the picture of our lord on calvary mm-hmm. and it 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 very much does imply death yep. Um, and we think of him, we think of Jesus bleeding while fastened to an instrument designed to inflict an agonizing death. Then perhaps we expand the idea of taking up a cross by thinking of like the first martyr of the church, Stephen, who was stoned to death in mm-hmm. Acts chapter 7, or of Peter and John, who were beaten, they were put in prison, yep. other m- martyrs across the ages. And in light of such courageous physical suffering, he writes, this, the Christian at ease may say to himself, I don't have any cross to bear. <laughs> and that's that's just ludicrous, man. Yeah,
1: there's, there's no, you can, um, to me, if somebody said that, I would tell them, then you're not a Christian. I'm sorry. Mm. You can't be a born-again believer and think that you don't have a cross to bear. We all have crosses to bear, some form or some fashion, some more than others, because God understands and knows to what degree of what we can take and cannot take, and God will never give us more than we can handle. But nonetheless, we all have a cross to bear. And for yeah. somebody to say that I don't have a cross to bear, then I would ask them, then, what is your definition of Christianity?
0: Right. You know what I mean? I mean it's, it's like saying I'm perfect. I don't have anything. You
1: know who says this? I'm sorry. <laughs> Those that are in the health, wealth, and prosperity mm. pr- proponents, because their I, their ideology and their theology is God wants you to always be in good health, and God wants you to prosper. In other words, you should not be in any way struggling financially. That's our radical teaching, but yet that's what they believe.
0: Yeah, and, and
1: s- thus because they believe that way, then I would have to say, then you're saying that you don't have a cross to bear because you're living a life of luxury. Hmm. Cross is not a life of luxury. I'm not saying that it's something that we're we're always suffering, but there is a place to where we are we're going to go through um, our body being beaten and bruised, so that self is no longer being king. You know, in everything we do. And that's what the cross does. It, it bruises us. It, it, it inflicts pain. Um, because self, when we do things out of selfish ambition, you know, what does it end up doing in the end, ultimately doing in the end? It'll, it causes us pain. Because we're not walking in the ways that God wants us to go. Right. And that causes us some form of pain or call it discipline, chastisement, whatever you want to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: He offers up a few examples, too, of, of different Christian mindsets, you know, there, he says there's some who call themselves Christians, uh, and but in fact they've never taken up their crosses, whether they plead ignorance yes. or, or just are unwilling mm-hmm. to, um, to deny self. Uh, you know, he he calls them uh, strangers. They are of necessity strangers <laughs> to Christ. And then there's others, he says, however, who are true servants of Christ, but they feel a sense of dismay because they misunderstand God's call, right? It's Mm -hmm. quite possible to have taken up your cross and not even know it. Um, So he says, careful examination of our Lord's meaning will then be an encouragement. Uh, This is, I think, alluding to the fact that dying to self and picking up that cross daily, as Jesus was was telling his disciples, is not something that we can even do on our own, on our own strength. No. (laughs) You need the, you know, that's why God, you know, when
1: Christ ascended, or prior to his ascension, when he met them um, and the two on the e road and he met them on the shores of Galilee, he said, listen, um, I want you to wait in Jerusalem, tarry there, and wait for the promise to come from on high. That was the Holy Spirit. And we know that to be true because we saw in the example of Peter how he went from denying the Lord and just post 50 days Pentecost a powerful advocate for um, God's kingdom, willing to suffer, um, standing boldly in the faith, going to prison, being beaten, as we know, things such as that. And what was the difference? The Holy Spirit. Mm. Well, and the same thing for us as well. Um, Apart from the Holy Spirit, then there is no understanding of the depth of what the cross really means for us yeah. because he gives us the strength to bear that cross we like you said we can't carry that cross by ourselves no there's no way. no way it's the holy spirit that shows us the value of what it means to bear your cross every day and we know as we, you know as well as i do there, there are days we wake up we don't want to bear the cross we like i ah, forget it today yeah. <laughs> you know we have that perspective we don't feel like putting on the christian garment and going out and get involved in spiritual warfare because we're human. We all have those inclinations from time to time, but we know we do because this is what we're called to do. Spiritual warfare, but in the midst of spiritual warfare, which is again another topic, but how do we have victory in spiritual warfare? I think, as you said, counting the costs, taking up the cross, that's how we have victorious Christian living in spiritual warfare. It's because it's no longer I fight the battles, but he fighting for us. Amen. You know what I mean? Yep. And yeah. that's that's the key. But like he says. How many Christians? I mean, even today, you talk to people, and it's it, it really disheartens me how they live such a defeated um, life as believer. Hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? That yeah, that, I don't, yeah. I I don't take joy in that. I, I feel really um, disheartened, disappointed because they're letting the best years and best time that you should be able to experience their walk with God by allowing the enemy to just. Dece- deceive them, distract them, you know, his tactics. He, he never, we, we know he never quits. He won't quit until we die. But nonetheless, um, God has given us the victory. And, and one way of that is what, what Charnetri talks about here is being able to take up our cross. Yeah. That's, that's an assurance of having victorious Christian living and victory in spiritual warfare when we know in the importance of we can't do this on our own. Mm. The cross helps us to, do, to understand that by dying to self. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, It's important. He says, um, "In either case, the subject is vital to you. Your master's life was dominated by by a cross. He has called you also. He has called you also to a life with a cross. Uh, I think that's pretty, it's pretty profound, but yet so true. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you look at the life of Christ and all that he went through. You know, all the things from the time he came into his, this world and started his public ministry." it was bearing His cross until He actually was physically hung on that cross. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's pretty, we don't think about that. You know, when you look at His life for three and a half years, what He went through, that He had to die to self because of all the ridicule, all the accusations, none true, all the things that people wanted from Him. You know, like even the great multitudes that followed Christ, they only wanted what He did, the healings and the provisions. But as far as following Him as Lord and Savior, Master... We know that he said that near the end. How many deserted him? Mm. Remember, he said, um, "Are you guys going to leave too?" Yeah. And Peter said, "Lord, where we're going to go? You have the words of eternal life." So that just shows you, even back then, Christ's example of what it meant to die to self, and yet how many people did not take up his offer. Yeah, and they left. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty crazy.
0: And when I think when I think about Christ and him going to the cross, I think of how Scripture talks about he was obedient to the father to the point of death and even death on a cross (laughs) and how this idea of, of dying to self and and picking up one's cross, it's a true test of obedience. Yep. Yeah. Are are we, are we obedient, um, and submissive to the will of, of God, the father, or are we, are we going to choose today to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to disregard that because maybe it's not the most appealing thing. And it just seems so much harder to do it God's way. Or are we going to say, Lord, whatever comes of that, I know that your best interest is always in mind for me. Yep.
1: And the thing, you know, people, like, always remind people, listen, you know, whatever we go through in this life, um, sometimes we don't particularly care what we're going through. Sometimes we don't understand why we go through certain trials and, you know, real bad disruptions that we have to go through and we face. But, you know, people f- tend to forget, not just the fact that it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's easier said than done that all things work together for good, and we know that. But, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? When you're in the midst of, like, you know, your, your world falling apart, well, all things work together for good. Well, that's easy for you to say. You're not in my shoes. Mm. But I think the bigger picture is that God allows things to happen because He's looking out for eternal good. Yeah. You know, the one thing that God cares for you and I is what, it, what will it take to get us to heaven? That's it yeah you know the temporary things they're not important to God I mean does he allow us to enjoy the temporary things of this life yeah he does he created it and he wants us to enjoy life to the fullest but in the temporary he also wants to see us to see the bigger picture eternity and in the temporal that's what we have to keep an eye on is eternity mm. even though we go through stuff and I think the cross allows us to see that yeah you know, it does yeah. because we know that hey like Paul said but this light affliction is but just for a moment. That's crazy. Hmm. The guy went through hell and high water, stoned to death, left for dead, shipwrecked, all this stuff. But then he says, but all the stuff I went through, he said, this is just light affliction. Mm. And why could he say that? I think because he had his eyes on heaven, eternity. He died to self. I mean, that's when Paul just say, for me to live as Christ, but to die is gain. That's a life of self-denial.
0: Yeah.
1: I have been crucified with Christ, but not now I who live with Christ who lives in me denying yourself so paul had he had he had it
0: figured out and he, yeah he had that whole picture he had the yes yeah, yeah and and when we um i know it's good to take things day by day um sure you know living living in the present and making the most of every opportunity yeah. that that god allows us but we need to we need to keep that that um big picture yeah. perspective too because if not yeah. We're only going to be doing things in the now, not yeah. thinking what kind of impact it, it may make later yeah. on, yeah. especially for if it's eternal sure. impact. And, you know, there's, yeah. I mean,
1: yes, we, we, should, we should make plans, obviously. You know, yeah. plans yeah. have long-term goals as well as short-term goals. God's, if it's not God's will, He'll disrupt it. That's fine. But I don't yeah. think God expects us to live by the seat of our pants. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Make plans. If it's God's will, it'll come to fruition. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you know, um, Paul, that's why I love the Apostle Paul, because he was so transparent and he had it figured out. And now that, you know, reading this book about the cross, here's a guy that was killing Christians, Mm. thinking he was doing God a service when he found out otherwise. But yet, I think what he went through and what he found himself doing, I don't think in my, just my estimation Paul, it wasn't a big deal for him to die to self. The fact that, you know, he was we know that he was married at one time because he had to be married to be on the Sanhedrin court. That was a requirement. Mm-hmm. Yep. So nobody knows what happened to his wife. Did she leave him because of the commitment he made to Christ now? Mm-hmm. He abandoned um, his legalistic ways of being a, a Sadducee and a and, and a very educated man. You know he was educated because he was, he was educated in the school of Tarsus by Gamaliel, uh, Gamaliel. So he was very educated, but yet when you read his writings, what a simplicity. So did his wife leave? Well, I mean, it's all speculation. I don't know. But the point of the matter is he sold out. He never remarried. He never went back in that um, type of lifestyle again. And when you read his letters, that everything had to do with his relationship with God, mm. with Christ. And you can't have that depth unless you die to self. You know, I mean— Like I'm just here on Sunday, but you know, for Paul to say, "Imitate me, as I also imitate Christ," I wish I could say that. You know what I mean? Yeah, me too. I mean, that that that's something that I I pray one day we we Mm. could say that. Hey, imitate me, as I also imitate Christ. To say that that's pretty, that isn't arrogant or being pious. That's being truthful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's Mm. I mean. So he knew what it meant to take up your cross. You know what I mean? Like the guy just. Next to Christ, what a great godly example he was, you know what I mean, during his time. And he never, he's, just, he's an amazing He's an amazing character in the Bible. You know, and God had a plan for him,
0: and I'm glad he, he saved him when he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Incredible. Look at, yeah, look at what yeah. happened, what resulted yeah. because of it. Um, he also goes on to talk about how the demand of bearing a cross is universal. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. it, it applies to every Christian. There is no one exempt mm-hmm. from that. Uh, later on, we'll... Um, he talks about too, young, young and old, you know, yep. th- it doesn't matter. It, it's, a, it's a daily yep. practice of, of picking up, taking up that cross. Uh, he says, middle of page 21, it's an absolute impossibility to be a Christian without self-denial. Yep. You just can't, right? No. Whether no you way. live in a Christian land or in a culture hostile to God's word, you must bear a cross. Yep. The only way to avoid the cross is to follow the world to hell.
1: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. When, yeah. I mean, when you read that, that's that's almost... That's scary, mm-hmm. because you read that, and it's like, if you're a Christian, you say, but you're not willing to bear your cross, where are you at? Yeah. I mean, I, I read yeah. that like, okay, the only way to avoid the cross is to follow the world to hell. So if you say, I'm a Christian, but I don't have a cross to bear, well, then, when he's saying here, then you're going to hell. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's pretty strong words. You know what I mean? Now, whether... I mean, I'm not God, I can't judge, but I think if you are truly a Christian, you understand that you you have to bear your cross. There's no getting around it. Mm -hmm. It's not like, well, maybe it might happen to me. No. If you're a believer and you truly believe that you're a born-again Christian and you're following the ways of God, and being obedient to God also means you're going to have to bear your cross. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along God's time and, and continuum for your life, you're going to bear your cross. Things are going to happen, yeah. you know, yeah. because he's molding us to be like him and molding us to be like him means he's got to prune. He's got to take all the old self out. That's right. That's that's cross. That's dying of self. That's bearing your cross. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to bear your cross, then you're living to your old self. I, I, I don't see how you Jesus said it best. You can't love two masters. Right. You're going to love the one or hate the other. You know, you're going to be loyal to one or despise the other. You can't serve God and whatever else yourself. It's not mm-hmm. going to work. Like he says here, like, he, like you just read right here, the only way to avoid the cross is to follow the world to hell. Yeah. Those, that's, that's strong words that he
0: says right there. Mm. Very powerful words. So as a pastor, uh, help me kind of um, understand a little bit more what role we are to play in uh, encouraging fellow believers to take up your cross. I mean, this is, this is a total work of, of God, you know, mm-hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know th- it's it's a personal walk. Yeah. I, I understand that. Yep. It it comes with uh, it comes through through prayer and time spent mm-hmm. in the Word, recognizing the fact that oh, this is this is what I need to be yeah. doing. This is what God is asking of me. And then and then it's the active choice to yeah. to obey or or to not obey. Yeah. Um, but, but as as a pastor, can you kind of help me understand where? what What part do we play in this in the life in the lives of others in the yeah. church
1: I, I think one is is explain to them what like you said in the beginning what what the cross means mm-hmm. I think for many in the congregation, you know whether our church or the church at large i don 't think they really understand what the cross symbolizes what it really means mm. um, universally um in the way of Christ, what he went through and what it cost him to bear his cross, and then personally what that means, to bear the cross. I think explaining to them why the, the cross is an important part of our Christian experience would help them to understand the value of why you need to know the importance of dying to self every day. I think if you know remove the cross, the word, the terminology, and say, hey, listen, as a Christian, you have to die to self. Romans chapter 6 talks about the flesh and the spirit. Um, when we were baptized with Christ, the Bible talks about that. You know, we were crucified with him. What does that mean? Not once for all. Crucified with him And when it comes to our sins being nailed to the cross. Yes. yes. But we still have to understand of putting self off so that we don't fall back to old you know, vices and old ways and old habits. That's the importance of the cross, mm. meaning you have to learn the value of dying to self, whatever self might be, because self could be anything. It could be your your interests. It could be your family. Self could be denying, you know, money, and and making money. So there's a lot of things tied to denying self, um, sports, you know, right. Right. Um, things such as that, and the, it's the weighing what is important to you and how much are you willing to. Let those things go for the sake of Jesus Christ. And I think that's where people have to understand, and if they're not, to me, if they're not in God's Word on a daily basis, they're not regularly in fellowshiping with other believers to help them uh, be built up in the faith, then, you know, it's going to be difficult to deny deny yourself. Um, for me, I just happen to be, you know, in a good fellowship and around good people that help me to understand, hey, Bob, you can't do those things anymore, and explain to me why, you know, those kind of things, and mentors. Uh, and it's a process still that I'm going through. It's, you never arrive. Mm-hmm. You know, you never, you never arrive. It's like the, he said, neither young or old. You We don't—doesn't matter. We all have to bear a cross. But yeah. for people in general, yeah, I think they have to re- recognize what it symbolizes, why Christ did what he did, the example that he showed when he bore the cross— through his life uh, leading up to the physical uh death of him being nailed to that cross and how that's significant for us mm-hmm. you know that to me you, they have to explain but again i think i think it goes all the way back to getting into God's being committed to christ if you're not committed to the lord um you're not going to die to self right you're not right. going to you know what i mean you got to be that to me comes first obedience to christ being abiding in him And once you abide in Him, to me, honestly, I I think once you're abiding in Christ and you're following what He wants you to do, then you understand the cross. You have a better perspective on how that cross is to be utilized in your life personally. Because God will show you areas, hey, you need to deny yourself here. We need to put this off. You need to put that on. Not everybody's the same, you know. Everybody's everybody's um, things that we have to to deny is what I got to deny is different than what you got to deny. But nonetheless, the, the parameters are still the same. You still got to die to it. Mm-hmm. So I think for every person, it's different. I think the, st- the more closer you're walking with God, the deeper that you're in love with Him, that God's truth and love is changing you, then you're open to Him, to understanding areas in your life that, hey, I, I got to get rid of this stuff. And then you learn the value of how you can do that by implementing the cross within your life on a daily basis.
0: Yeah. I think about, I think about a good sermon and what it consists of. Mm-hmm. I think in order for a sermon to be considered a good one, it it needs to it needs to allude to this, to, to themes uh, regarding this, you know, yeah. this taking up one's cross or yeah. even just denying self, yeah. and and allowing God to have full reign, yeah. full control over yeah. our lives. Yeah, he has to. I mean,
1: today especially today. I mean, what's I think the challenge that you know for. Good Bible teaching churches, you know, is the fact that what we're up against with this liberal mentality today, you know, postmodern thinking and being more progressive and how we are to do things. It's it's very difficult. I mean, it's it's one say it's difficult. It's a challenge because they have taken God's word and and basically made it universal, mm. and that's to me when I think about God sitting on His throne, you know, He's got to be pulling His hair out, man. It's like okay, but you know, He's going to have His final say. The bottom line but the, the sad part is Satan is, is making inroads and really really perverting the gospel
0: yeah
1: and because of that it makes you know your job and my excuse me responsibilities of getting across the message of, of hope a little bit more ch- challenging because then you get always get the accusation well why you guys think you're always right hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah why yeah. why why you say that there's only one way and so with that thinking with there's more than one way, then okay, then you don't have to die to self to get to heaven. If you think about it, right? Because now, as he said in the opening, right, the very opening about there's only one way, that's through Jesus Christ, this, the, 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 the path is straight and narrow, very few find it. Now we've seen the truth of that. Why very few find it? Because of the liberalism that is being advocated concerning God's Word. Yeah. And to me, that's it's it's disheartening because Satan is just destroying lives mm-hmm. like crazy mm-hmm. because he knows his time is short from Revelation chapter 12. He knows, hey, yeah. things are winding down. I'm going to take yeah. down as many as I
0: can. And he's blurring the lines, you yeah. see. Oh, like, yeah. The, Oh, this yeah. Is, this is so black and white. Yep. He says on, on page 22, without a cross, there is no following Christ. Yep. And without following Christ, there is no life yep. at all. It's, it's, it's literally yep. that simple, like no ifs, yep. ands, or buts.
1: We know this to be true. But you tell people today, yeah. They're like, Oh man, you are narrow minded.
0: Right. You know, you're right. bigoted.
1: Who are you? That's yeah. tell me that there's that, that your way is the only way. I'm not telling you my way, I'm telling you what the Bible says. Yeah. And then yeah. they'll go, Well, how do you know the Bible's true? You know, and you, so you get all of these these, these rebuttals yeah. back and forth. Yeah. And I personally, I don't like to argue with people. I will definitely make a defense for the faith. Absolutely. Yeah. But the point of the matter is, like some people are just they're so adamant. It's not profitable. It,
0: no. No. They're they're not looking no. to to really reason and no. and consider changing their yeah. their minds. It's like Jesus said, you know,
1: don't cast your pearls
0: before, before the swine. Yeah. But I'm willing to sit down and say, hey, you want to talk and reason about the scriptures? I'll
1: be willing to do that with you. Yeah. But if you're going to be negative and always come back and rebuttal the things I'm saying, then I don't want to even talk with you because, it's, it's, like you said, it's unprofitable. Yeah. You, know, you want to argue with me for the sake of arguing, and I won't do that. yeah You know, what I mean, if you have an open mind, let's discuss. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to do that, then there's no value and point of you and I making having this conversation because. You're not going to say believe anything I say anyway, so what's the use? You right. know, what's the point? Kind right. of thing. But yeah, it's it's um, it's it's hard. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's I see out there, and and it's and I see watch the news and see what's going on, and it's like, man, um, we're almost becoming an anomaly as, a, as Christianity is. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When we when you think about what this nation was built upon you know, on Judeo-Christian values and principles. And yet today... We're the know, minority. What's, what's yeah. the cross? You know, it's like, really? And it's, it's sad that people think that little It's of just something nice s-
0: to wear on a necklace or, or get a tattoo yeah. of it. You know, that's cool.
1: It's like, dude, do you, do you understand how important the cross is? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, Jesus was hung on that thing for you. He bled on that cross for you. And now we are to, in a sense, quote, unquote, bleed for him through putting yourself off for the sake of being able to do what God's called us to do and wants us mm-hmm. to do. That's crazy, man. He says, right in the middle of 22, going on, it says, Christ summons to a cross is perpetual. Christ summons, summons to a cross is perpetual. Self-denial is not an initiation fee, once paid and forever forgotten. Old Christians as well as new converts must bear a cross. One's cross is not a disposable item of Christian experience, but a lifelong burden in this world. And that's so true. You know, it's like, got to take it up every day. You know, when we wake up in the morning and no matter what we feel or what our emotions are, um, this is something God's called us to do. And and the benefit is, is beyond explanation. When we can learn to get to that place of, I think not looking at the cross as a burden. And I, I think that's another thing that we have mm. to be careful of, but looking yeah. at the cross as, as a joy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, like you, you said, all right, you know, the joy that was set before him. Right um, in Hebrews, who's the joy? We were the joy mm. you know God set us before him and and he just despising the shame he went to 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 wear the cross and he died on the cross simply because of the fact that he loved us so much, you know what I mean yeah and so yeah it's it's something that we got to deal do every single day, you know take up the cross every day and, and we look at when we look at it as a joy um, then we have a different perspective. You know mm-hmm. what it means to 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 live a life of self denial, yeah. you know,
0: yeah. And it's it's losing it all, yeah, and finding it all in Christ, yeah. Uh, are we are we willing to do that? We we can we can say we are, but the way we live our lives, yeah. you know, the things that we spend time doing yeah. will show for itself yeah. where, where our hearts are truly at. Um, yeah. You know, he uh, we we see in a real practical example and a partial account of this call to follow Christ and to to leave and to um, to deny self in Luke chapter five, right? When he called out Peter, what was Peter doing? He was with his he was with his dad, right? And they were yep. they were they were on a boat yep. fishing and he, he totally just got up and left yep. to follow after Christ. You think about Matthew two he, he yep. mentions on the bottom of page twenty two. He was turning his back on the lucrative tax bureau he directed. Yep. And and leaving it all behind yep. to, to follow after uh, the one who is the way, the truth and the life. Yep.
1: And like, you know, you can use your own life as an example of that as well. Like when God called us, what were we doing? Mm. You know, I mean, some of us have, you know, a, a testament to where we were just sick and tired of what we were, of our lifestyle. Yeah. But there's others that I'm sure God has called that were in a very comfortable place, mm. you know, with their life. And, um, God called him and they made the decision to leave it all to follow Christ. I remember a story that Pastor Chuck told of a guy, the guy was a multimillionaire and had money like you would not believe And but all that money did not, and he this is later in life. And um, he came to Costa Mesa and he heard Pastor Chuck teach and he gave his life to Christ and he gave it all up. He gave up everything, his lucrative lifestyle, his he, he 90% of his money that he made, he now invested in missions. Mm. And he did this for some time. And one day, Pastor Chuck told us a story. The guy came into his office and said, Hey, can I talk to you, Pastor Chuck? And this guy's, I mean, he's in his like late 60s, maybe seventy. I can't remember the exact days, but he came into his, Chuck's office and says, Pastor Chuck, I need to talk to you. He says, You know, I, I came to Christ um, because I got tired of my life. I'm a millionaire, had all this money, and uh, wasn't doing it, wasn't making me happy. Well, I got saved, and God showed me a whole different life now. And I said, God, I'm gonna give 90% of what I've made and what I'm making to the work of missions. And he said, Pastor Chuck, can, can, I, can, I, can you explain something to me? And Pastor goes, well, what is it? He goes, I'm giving away 90% of my money to the work of the Lord. And I'm making more money now than when I was working, making the before. He goes, Can you tell me how that is? And, mm. and Chuck just said, You know, God uh, is the one who opens the windows of heavens and he pours out his blessings to such an extent that your storehouse cannot even contain it because now he sees your heart. Money is no longer your God. Mm. You're using it for God's rightful purpose in furthering the gospel and his kingdom and God knows that if he gives you more money you continually
0: will do that. And he explained that to this gentleman. So um there's different examples in scripture exactly. throughout yeah. too. I mean I think of Abraham and Isaac. Go go up on this mountain yep. and sacrifice your son. Yeah. Your son <laughs> yeah. Isaac. Yeah. The one the the, the child of promise, right? Yep. That the, the whole nation was going to come from and and he was he was willing. He Be, was obedient. Yep. yep. They got. They made it all the way up there, and he was had him on the altar, ready to sacrifice his son. And boom, God intervenes and provides a ram in the thickets. And yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you know,
1: there's so many different inferences on how God uses, you know, your life and my life and others' lives, uh, and 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 self denial in in different ways. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, it's it's. But God's good, and when when we can get to that place of understanding. The joy in the cross, then I think we have a whole different outlook on, you know, why we do what we do. You know, where God's taken us, and and you know, what's in, the, what's what's, what's the end road look like? You know, what what does God have planned for us in the future? But in the meantime, you know, going about doing the Father's business until He comes. You know, occupying till He comes. And I think the cross, when you have that right perspective of the cross. Uh, I think we have a better we have a better view of what it means to occupy till he comes, going mm. about doing the father's business, because yeah. that's what we want
0: to do. The right kind of busy. The right kind of busy, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Right yeah. kind of
0: busy, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he poses this question in the middle of 23, and we'll we'll wrap it up here. Okay. He says, "Am I am I bearing a cross today?" As has been suggested, the cross is painful, so we need to ask ourselves, "Are are we are we bearing a cross today?" The term cross has lost all significance Mm -hmm. if the element of dreadful suffering is taken away. Our Lord endured the most cruel pangs ever inflicted upon a man. But we must recognize that the cross represented inward as well as outward pains. Mm -hmm. To our perfect Lord, the inward torture of the cross was far greater than the outward. And, you know... Scripture says Al- although you know pain and suffering may last for the yep. night there's joy Mind. that comes yep. in the morning yep. and and Christ himself saw that he knew yep. uh, all that w- it would require of him to accomplish this work on our behalf mm-hmm. and he was willing and he was obedient yep. did it um, was it was it easy ah <laughs> no not at all man
1: not for him either
0: yeah yeah it was it was an outward suffering physical pain mm-hmm. being bruised and beaten and and whipped and Mm scourged uh but but that inward pain as well of taking on the sin of of the entire world past present and future
1: yeah and it's and that but i think the the inward pain that really um touched his heart more than anything is when he had to say father and when he said father father why are you, have you forsaken me mm-hmm. because at the moment that he took the sins of the world upon himself the father couldn't look at yeah. it because the, God can't look upon sin That's right. Yeah. and so to me you know uh, Jesus being God from all eternity and always in face to face intimate one on one fellowship with his heavenly father that his father for the first time had to turn away from him mm-hmm. and that you know that's got to be you talk about a broken heart you know yeah you know having your your dad do that for your sake and mine that he took your sins and my sins upon himself to the point to where god says man i can't look at you you know and that's that's pretty incredible the and that's the same for us the inward pain that we suffer is when we have to give up stuff that we don't want to give up mm. you know what i mean the cutting away the pruning it's not easy i don't care what anybody says And pruning is not it's not pleasant It's never meant to be pleasant, but there's benefits from it. Because when you prune Mm. and you allow the pruning to come, we know that more rose buds blossom out from that pruning. And that, I think, another point when people don't realize about the cross of denying self and allowing God to prune you, there's always blossoms that are going to come from that. Mm. But if you don't allow God to prune you, then you you have all those dead branches that are still there.
0: And you'll never see that fruit. And
1: you'll never see that fruit, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. it's good stuff, man.
0: It's good. Right on. Well, I can pray for us, God. Sure. We we thank you for the cross. Mm-hmm. We thank you for your Son Jesus, who was our perfect example of what it meant to deny self. Yes, Lord, He was He was in that garden with you, saying, "Lord, if if it be your will, take this mm-hmm. cup from me, but not my will, yours yes. be done." And Lord, I pray that in our lives today we would desire the same things for for your will to be to be done, to mm-hmm. be carried out, and and that. You would become greater as we become less because, yes. Lord, although it may be painful at times to, to sacrifice and to, to say no to certain things, we know that in the end it will result in something far more beautiful yes. than we could have ever mm-hmm. imagined. And Lord, you you delight in, in seeing your children who walk in obedience, who walk according to your ways. Uh, so fill us with your Spirit, yes, Lord. Lord. We know we can't do this, and we can't accomplish this on our own strength, mm-hmm. and we need you. So we recognize that, and, and we ask humbly that you would that you would come and you would strengthen us, empower us, yes. Lord, to to do these things. And it's it's all for your glory, mm-hmm. Lord. And we we ask that you would continue to, to work in us, mm-hmm. through us, yes. have your way in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen.